Hi everyone, welcome back to the Outliers podcast. I'm your host Pankaj Mishra and we are back with a new season of Outliers called the season of resilience. These are uncertain times and everyone is trying to cope with uncertainties, anxiety and so many unanswered questions. We thought we could be useful to all of you by doing a fresh series of conversations with Outliers and some new guests please stay safe and i really hope all of us get out of this stronger and more resilient thank you i'm really excited to having this conversation again uh, with william bissell uh, who is the chairman of fab india and uh, you know whose conversation you know the conversation we did with him uh, you know sometime back uh, thanks for all the feedback we received uh, william welcome to this podcast thank you very much pankaj it's a pleasure to be back on on your podcast thank you uh, it's really challenging times all around us i wish uh, we reconnected in better times but i think uh, this conversation william like i mentioned is important because we are we are talking about resilience and i thought i'll do this conversation with you so others learn from your journey uh, of resilience thank you pankaj um it's very hard to talk about previous experiences when you deal with the current situation we're in because nothing in anybody's history can prepare you for what is happening today and i think that's very important to understand because a lot of people say oh it's like 911 or oh it's like oh it could be like the 2008 financial crisis this is a very different i mean this is a very very different series of events that are taking place and for the first time i mean truly the first time in human history it's an event that affects every single person on the planet there is nobody on the planet who hasn't been affected the last event of you know people have compared to world wars and things but even they were limited in what happened look at world war 1 was actually a war that took place mostly in europe world war 2 took place in europe and parts of asia But there were large parts of the world that were unaffected say south america most parts of central and southern africa so you know they when people try to put words to this they they lose sight of the fact that this is an event that is unparalleled in human history and for business leaders they must start with that that you know trying to look into the past to find ways of you know how you deal with it or even the great depression which took place almost 100 years ago was not a global event um the pandemic the flu pandemic of 1918-1919 was somewhat global but again there were large parts of the world that were not affected this event has just affected every part of the world and it's affected some parts of the world catastrophically and and it's literally upended almost every business model i mean it's taken every business model and just shifted it in many cases it will have shifted it possibly irreversibly so and it's done all this in a span of 
maybe so far four to eight weeks. I mean, if I look back, what I what I was thinking and doing at the beginning of March as a as a business leader, if I look back at the beginning of March, it seems like it was light years away. I mean, in terms of, you know, we were planning, we had budgets, forecasts, AOPs, everything like that, all is out the window. So, you know, you're, 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 and yet a moment like this also gives people um, the ability to really look at things anew. So I, I've, I've been following something I call the three R's. And mm-hmm. so the three R's stand for really reflect, reset, and reinvent. And I think that's been sort of my mantra as I look across at our various businesses, Fab India, Organic India, and the Fab Cafe business, that, you know, what, you know, how do we bring these three R's, reflect, reset and reinvent now the reset part of it is easier because there is some good advice that is being given by a lot of people around the world to say that at a time like this you need to conserve cash you need to you know there are there's a whole checklist of very good advice and i would urge business leaders to follow that so that's in the reset part of it so if you have a if you have expansion plans put them on hold if you have major capex spends put it on hold just hold while you wait to see what is happening i mean even even if there are opportunities that present itself right now it might be wise to hold on and not leap into something because we don't know how deep the bottom of this will be like a, f- a friend of mine who plays the stock market, who's an investor over time, uh, two weeks into the crisis said, now's the perfect time. We really bottomed out and started buying. But it markets continue to drop. And, and I expect they will continue to drop as more and more. There's going to be, I think, much more bad news before the good news comes. So I think the reset, the reset part of it is important to just keep in mind that, you know, don't be stuck in old ways of thinking because this crisis is forcing every business leader to really look at their models. Um, so I think that as, as in, in a way of kind of an introduction to how I see this, these are my views. Sure. William, one of the things uh, I have been you know, asking everyone, most of the business leaders and founders I'm talking to is, you know, how does this change? Uh, the culture of the company, how, what impact can it have on persona itself, you know, the, the personality? Uh, because these times uh, will involve tough decisions, you know, uh, and, and, and many, many things. So how do you come out? How do you survive as, as something uh, better or I, I don't know, or, or worse? Uh, you've seen a lot of these cycles. Can you tell me how an enterprise and an individual survive something like this? So I think culture of a company um, is tested at these times. I mean, you have to really know who you are. I mean, some companies I noticed soon after the lockdown began talked uh, about many commercial uh, deals that they could do or 
offers that they could do post lockdown or somebody said you know if you if you commit the cash now we will give you something well my sense is that these are times you go back to the fundamentals who are you as a company and the first message in my case it came through is that you know this is not the time to be running a commercial enterprise in the normal way you have to actually start by putting people first and you have to think about what their needs are and actually you have to put all the commercial considerations aside because this is not what the need of the hour is the last thing people are thinking about is buying another outfit or another pair of shoes or so what we did was we the first thing we realized there were lots of people sitting at home uh groceries were you know some sometimes they had trouble going out to get groceries they had trouble sometimes you know with kids at home parents at home and also the first thing we did was we basically made an offer to all our customers that we would supply in whichever cities we operated fab cafes we would supply food to them at a 40% discount this is your everyday staples like dal chawal roti all that stuff cooked we would supply it at a 40% discount and this turned out to be a really good move in terms of it was really appreciated by our customers and also connected with our vision and mission and then we offered to the government we had several thousand tailors um who are now you know idle and we said we can make we can use these units to make suits um for medical workers and for hospitals and and other people who who could come into contact with people who might have an infection so this was the other thing and again this this came to us because this is what our vision mission values and purpose sort of are about and so we did this um we are looking at lots of other ways some of our uh, units are making Uh, face masks others are so we're looking at lots of ways that we can help people at this time because this is a time where you need to stand up and be counted and help and you know it's been amazing that companies from you know the tata group to wipro in the premji foundation to others have really stepped forth with incredible acts of generosity so there are a lot of really good examples around industry where people have you know said this is a time we need to be focused on the medical workers on the needs of people who are less privileged and less fortunate and it's been amazing to see that really really heartwarming hmm uh, william the the thing i also wanted to learn from you is uh, as an individual or as a founder as a business leader how can you stay sane in these times how can you emerge from all of this with scars uh, from the journey and experience and how can you stay sane So one of the things I think a lot of business people are type A personalities so they're full of energy and enthusiasm and they want to run around and create something and the hard thing about a lockdown is you can't really run around people are stuck in their homes so what I I'm, I'm a great believer in is create a routine for yourself i mean really like say i am going to get up every day at this time do my yoga do whatever exercise i need to do do you know and then get ready and i pretend like i'm going to work so i get ready i have and then i get fully ready and i sit at a, at a desk and then i do a zoom call and I, or a skype call and i like those calls because then you can't lie you have to actually be ready you can't be sitting in your pajamas doing the call because you're on a video link so i i find those kind of practices i said i think it's very important to take time out every day to reflect to the first r on what is going to happen so during the period of reflection i read a lot i read about what's happening in china what businesses are doing 
you know, there have been some very good reports published on possible new directions of consumer behavior post the virus. So I use it as a period to reflect on on the directions one will take and, and how we should think about the future and think about our plans in the past. Uh, I think the other thing is to really spend time every day, which I find very rewarding, is to reach out to people. You know, you care about old friends who might be alone. I, I know lots of people whose couples who one person is in one country, one is in another. So you reach out to them and, you know, you just tell them that you're there, even though you can't go and see them. Uh, I think these are all ways to really nourish yourself um, and nurture your family and your circle of friends at these difficult times. Um, and it's amazing how many people are talking about, oh, you know, this this period, this crisis has really made us look at life in a different way. Lots of people have told me they don't want to consume as much. They want to live life differently. Now, I don't know whether that's actually going to happen, but certainly people are thinking about it. Hmm. Hmm. Uh the other thing, William, last time we had this conversation about culture uh, of of the of the company that you companies you've been involved uh, in in shaping. Uh, now, how as for enterprise, uh, what do what does crisis mean when it comes to their culture uh, and 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 the DNA, and how can that stay intact? Uh, are there any particular lessons uh, from the your experience in, in in shaping the companies you are involved with? So I'll give you a small example. I was recently talking to a person who runs a very successful business and and he said, oh, yes, I spoke to all my employees. We we had lots of Zoom calls and, you know, we, we spoke to everybody. And I said that it is the law, so we're going to pay your salaries. So I said, hmm, that sounds you're paying like like you're paying the salaries because you feel that it's the law. Is that really your intention? Or suppose there hadn't been a law, would you still have paid your salary? And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, we, st- we would have still paid. We would have paid 100%. So I said, you know, the thing is when you say you're paying it because you've been told to pay it, it's very different than saying it you're paying it because that's the right thing to do and that is in line with your culture. So it's important, I think, for business leaders to message things correctly because a message that when you tell everybody, in the company that you're paying the salaries because the government told you to do so, it says one thing. If you tell them, hey, I'm paying the salaries because I really believe in this and this is what we should be standing up for in these times, then, you know, that's a very different message that goes out to people about a company's culture and its values. So his response was like, but if I say that, they'll expect it next month and the month after that. I said, you know, you can be honest with people. You can say, we will pay our salaries as long as we can. As long as we have the finances to do so, we will pay our salaries and we will look after the people who work for us. I said that sends a very nurturing and, you know, powerful message out to people that, that you know, this is a company that's going to stand by these people. So there are many instances like this where I see, you know, people have to stop doing what I call corporate speak and really reconnect with who they are and what they're really about. Um, and I, I can give you many other instances of this, but this was just one story to illustrate that point. Sure, sure. Uh, the other thing, William, is uh, these this crisis uh, you know, also means that uh, depending what life stage of a company you are, you will need to have 
a set of uncomfortable conversations, maybe with employees or investors or partners and so on. Uh, Are there any lessons that you have learned when it comes to having uncomfortable conversations? Uh, Is there a playbook? Uh, What should uh, one watch out for? So when the 2008 financial crisis happened, um, the conventional wisdom was that things were really going to crash and and basically you had to reduce your workforce and do all this. And this was, I remember very clearly then that I thought to myself, what would, what, what should we do in keeping with our vision, mission, values, and purpose? And the answer was very clear that we should have a consultation across the company. So we had a consultation and we spoke to people and the what came out of the consultation was this that everybody was willing to take a sacrifice voluntarily if we didn't cut any jobs and they would also they also asked that if the business bounced back could they be paid the wages that they had forsaken to help out during the crisis so this was a very very powerful message because it came from the teams rather than the management it wasn't the management saying okay we have to cut x number of jobs and these are the jobs that are going to go this is in many ways the typical corporate way of doing it instead we had a consult a consultative process and through that process it emerged that people were willing and they did it very well i mean they said that anybody who was basically up to a certain level of salary should not be affected which is a compassionate and the correct thing to do because the lower your wages are, the more money you need to look after your families and you know meet your daily needs. The the higher levels of management presumably you know can manage with a lower salary, but it was completely voluntary, and it was done in a very sensible way. So the message was that if 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 business continues to drop, then we will okay we will take a long term voluntary cut. But if it bounces back, then would it be possible to get the amount that has been reduced? And what was interesting for senior management was that business dipped a bit and then it came back up very quickly. So we were able to pay everybody their full wages during that time. Everybody except myself and one other person who took a substantial cut and we didn't ask for it to be reinstated. But it was it was an interesting moment for the company because it showed that if you if you enter a process collaboratively and you share information you take people on board it creates a very different bond within the company than than simply sending out a diktat you know x number of people have to lose their jobs or we will retrench this kind of stuff now these things are easier to do in in lesser crises none of us as business leaders have seen anything of this magnitude you know, I mean, in the 2008 crisis, we modeled scenarios where sales would drop by 10 and 15 percent. And we thought that was very, very serious. In this crisis, we've seen sales drop by 100 mm. percent. So it is a very, very. It's a it's an on an order of magnitude. It's, you know, zero to 100. Wow. So it. William, it wouldn't be, uh, you know, an exaggeration to say that this could mean extinction of enterprises, at least some of them, as we know. I I think that 
um, there are three kinds of enterprises going into this. There are enterprises that were already stressed before this crisis began. Either they had they were lever over leveraged on debt, or they were you know having they were struggling. Um, there was a second kind of enterprise that that actually had you know enough funds to run the business, but they you know were marginally profitable or didn't have very strong cash flows. And there was a third type of business which is very strong. In this crisis, even the very strong businesses will be struggling to survive because what's happened is all the business cycles have been hit at the same time. The ability of businesses to borrow money has been hit. When valuations are high and private equity markets and public markets are you know, high, then you can raise money from private equity players or public markets to retire debt. A businessman has several options in levers. Today, all the levers have failed. You can't, even with a strong balance sheet today, going to a bank to borrow money is not going to be easy because the banks themselves are worried about their exposure because they see this as a, you know, once in, I wouldn't even say century, once in several centuries event. Um, the banks are worried about their exposure, so they are going to be tight on lending. This in turn means that the businesses have to go to capital markets. Now, the capital markets themselves are in a free fall. So it's how are you going to raise money in a capital market? Private equity players themselves are, are right now assessing the risk of future investment and where it's going to lead to. So everybody's frozen. And in this situation, you can have a mass extinction of businesses. And that is why the only people who can help today is the government. They are the only people who can bail out the business because otherwise, you know, businesses are in a very, very very dangerous situation no this is very well articulated william uh, a couple of final questions you know and, and i'm really grateful that you are spending time talking about this william uh, one of the things i want to know from you is after all of this is over and imagine a young uh, entrepreneur you know maybe you in in younger days decides to build a new company from scratch how would what would be some of the things you think would be different uh, from this era of building companies uh, from what you can think and visualize? You know, I um, it's a difficult question to answer because a lot will depend on the type of government interventions we see and the type of government's uh, fiscal and monetary stimulus that is being offered uh, as this crisis unfolds. It's very early to say right now, and I'm sure, you know, like m many governments around the world, the government here will also come up with a, you know, very generous package to help businesses. And um, But in the absence of that, Right now, I see that there will be a massive shrinkage in consumer demand. And that is possibly the worst time to start up any kind of a business. Unless, you know, you're starting a business that directly, unless you're starting a medical business or something where uh, demand is relatively inelastic. I mean, you know, if people fall sick, they will go. And, but other than that, it is a very, very, very difficult time for new people to be starting businesses. Uh, because all the traditional sources of business growth, funding, strong consumer demand, a vibrant ecosystem for, for what you produce and 
all those things are today in a state of lockdown. So I would feel as an entrepreneur, this is a good time to train yourself if you can to acquire skills, to maybe get an MBA if you can afford to, or to do something like that. Because this is not, this is a very, immediately post this will be a time of shrinkage. Um, it's not going to be a time for new things. Having said that, I think that new opportunities will, be, will begin to be, become very clear to people, especially in areas of home delivery, um, e-commerce, digital, people have really discovered that they can work from home. So there are a lot of new industries will emerge out of this, but it's going to take some time for the dust to settle and for people to see clearly where the new opportunities will come from. And, and final question, William, before I let you go. Uh, based on everything we have discussed so far, if there are three, four things, you are sitting in a war room, uh, what would be your survivor's uh, checklist if you were to pick three, four things? So uh, one top of the list is to conserve cash because it's not going to be easy to get cash from the traditional sources that I spoke about earlier. The second thing is to communicate to everybody, no matter how big or how small you are, you must really as a leader, communicate. This is the time when you communicate to people. You tell them, you know, what the plans for the business is. You bring them into confidence. You share information with them. Um, this is really the time. Third is, this is the time to really figure out who you are as a business and as a person. I mean, what are your values and, and how are you going to how are you going to live those values at a time like this? Because this is the time when those things will be put under a real test. And fourthly, I think that it's important to ritualize a lot of practices because this is a time when people are working from home, when they're feeling disconnected. So if you ritualize, like we have several meetings every day which are fixed. They happen every day. Some meetings happen you know, twice a week. There are some meetings that happen every day. There's some meetings that happen once a week. You just set in stone and ritualize those processes. So people have a structure and a framework around their day. I think this is very important. And last, make sure as a leader you have enough time to reflect on the future. I mean, what's going to happen? What the new future is going to look like? And what is your role and the role of your business in that future? Okay. This is wonderful, William. Uh, you, you are a voice of uh, sanity and wisdom. And this really helps. Thanks for your time, William. Take care, Pankaj. I hope all is going well and stay safe. Yes. Thank you and you too.